Listen to this beautiful story of how salvation came to an 11-year-old boy from Indiana. Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast of the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas. Now here is the guest host for today's podcast. Thank you, Brother Goff, and thank you to all of you who have downloaded and or are subscribed to the Face the Truth podcast. If you are not subscribed, please be sure to do so so that you won't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I'm Jared Hilton, and along with Brother Douglas Goff from right here at the True Church in Olathe, Kansas, I'm filling in for Pastor Riggin while he focuses on completing his third book in the Understanding Apostolic Doctrine book series. Over the next several weeks, we have a collection of episodes that begin by exploring the formative years for Pastor Riggin. We also talk about his unique experiences throughout his ministry and conclude by receiving insight from him regarding the functions of the apostolic church and ministry in today's society. I pray this conversation is a blessing to you. The first question I wanted to start with is just trying to get an understanding of your background before you came to Pentecost. So before you prayed through, before you received the Holy Ghost, what was your background or knowledge of Pentecost uh, before you received the Holy Ghost? Well, I didn't have any knowledge of Pentecost. I had no idea what Pentecost was. I had never heard of it. I knew very little about church and God. Uh, in fact, my entire religious experience for the first 11 years of my life, as far as I remember, I remember one time going to a vacation Bible school at the First Baptist Church of Dana, Indiana, which was the church my dad had attended as a boy. And I had gone up there to be with some cousins. And they were active in that church. And uh, the church was having vacation Bible school, and I got to go along. I was always interested in God. There was always a hunger in me to know about God, but my parents never took us to church. It was just not something that we talked about or uh, it was not a part of our family life at all. And so it was like a Monday through Friday vacation Bible school there at the Baptist church. And then sometime after that, we had moved to a small town in Indiana and Some of our neighbors were very, very active in the Methodist church, and they had stayed on us constantly about visiting their church. And finally, my parents capitulated and agreed to go one Sunday morning to visit that church. And I know not every Methodist church is like this, but that particular Methodist church We went to visit one time. Uh, My dad evidently filled out a visitor card or something and then started receiving a bill every month from the church where they wanted him to give offerings. So that didn't set real well with my dad, and we never went back. So those two things, you know, were really the only times that I remember ever attending church at all. Uh, Now, what I didn't know until years later was that I had family members who had been involved uh, in Pentecost. And a cousin of mine 
who lived with us, he was, uh, his dad had left him when he was very small, and for a period of time he lived with us, and he was riding a church bus to a Pentecostal church. And uh, he actually received the Holy Ghost as a young boy and was baptized. My dad had bought him a brand new suit uh, to go to that church, and he went to the altar, received the Holy Ghost, and the pastor baptized him in that new suit. The pastor brought him home to talk to my dad about what had happened to my cousin. And when my dad saw the suit was wet, my dad got extremely angry, cussed the preacher out, and told him that my cousin and my older brother, who was also going at the time, uh, that neither of them would ever be back again. I had no idea. I didn't find that out until after uh, I went to church and received the Holy Ghost. That was a story that I learned later in life. So I didn't even know that had happened, but obviously God was already dealing with my family. That particular cousin had come in because of another cousin who had received the Holy Ghost, and she had relatives on her mother's side. Uh, her dad and my mom were brother and sister, but her mother had relatives that were, that were apostolic. And uh, so she had gone to church with some of them and received the Holy Ghost, and she's the one that told this other cousin of mine about it and got him to attending, and then my dad put a stop to that, until we moved to Texas, and it's a long story, and you didn't ask me about all of that, but we, our family was, was fairly well off. We weren't rich, but we were comfortable. But a number of situations happened that we lost everything that we owned, and our house was being repossessed. We, my dad had bought a brand new car every year for several years, and the car got repossessed, and we were driving borrowed vehicles, and then when our house was repossessed, we had nowhere to go, nowhere to live, and my uncle asked my mom to just load up a few things and move to Texas, and he said, we don't have a whole lot, but we'll try to help you get reestablished. Well, that uncle happened to be the man that was married to the woman who had Pentecostal relatives. And so we moved to that town, and uh, that cousin of mine who had received the Holy Ghost and was baptized, he was not living with us when we moved, but they had also moved to Texas some years before. And he came by to see me one day, and this was when I was 11 years old, and he told me, it was a Wednesday afternoon, he said, would you like to go to church tonight? And I said, yeah, I would. And he said, well, there is a church here, and it's just a couple of blocks from where we're at, and, and we can walk down there if you want to go. And I said, well, yeah, let's go. And so we went, and uh, that night he went to the altar. Uh, and I went to the altar, not knowing what I was doing. I was 11 years old. Uh, my younger brother was seven. He was with us. So all three of us made our way to the altar. You know, the two younger boys just following our older cousin uh, had no idea what in the world we were doing, but we just did what he did. And, but he was sincere, and he was repenting and crying. And, and uh, I remember God filling him with the Holy Ghost and him falling out on the floor and speaking in tongues. And uh, I'd never seen anything like it. Like I said, I'd only had two church experiences 
and neither of those were anything like this. And I came back home. Um, my cousin's mom came and picked him up, and so we're sitting in the living room, and I mentioned to my parents, I said, you just won't believe what happened to Michael tonight. And, of course, my dad already, I guess, you know, was a little uptight about the fact that we'd gone because of his previous experience with a Pentecostal preacher and because it was this very cousin that had been baptized before. And uh, But he didn't tell me any of this. You know, I didn't know that. And so he said, well, what happened? And I said, well, Michael got happy and, and he fell on the floor and... And my dad said, that's stupid. And he said, he said, son, listen, I would really prefer that you not get mixed up with these, with these crazy Pentecostals. And I looked at him, and again, he had never told me the story. I, didn't, I had no idea why he felt the way he did. So I just looked at him, and I said, well, Dad, are you, are you saying that I can't go? And he said, well, no, son, I'm not going to tell you you can't go. I'm just telling you, I don't like it. And I said, well, you know, I, I just want to be clear. If if you're telling me not to go, then I, I won't go. But if you're telling me I can go, I really want to go back because I felt something there that I've never felt in my life. And I want to go back and feel it again. And he said, well, I'm... I'm not telling you you can't. I just don't really like it. But if that's what you want to do, I won't stop you from doing it. And so since it was close enough to walk, that's what I did. And I started going. And I didn't know anything about it. Uh, had no idea, knew nothing about the Bible, nothing about God. Unlike my wife that you interviewed last week, who, you know, her parents, her grandmother, her great-grandmother. I mean, she's got quite a history. Uh, for me, this was all brand new, and I knew nothing. I, I didn't know the first thing about the Bible. I didn't know the first thing about God. I didn't know anything about any of that. I just knew I loved what I felt, and something was drawing me back. And I knew the people there showed a love for me as an 11-year-old boy. And I'm going to tell you, when I say my family was poor, we were poor. We were, we were living in, I mean, this was a small town, 700 people. So there was no real slums. But had there been slums, this is what it would have been. Uh, these houses, there was a, a row of about three or four houses all owned by the same man, and all of them were just dilapidated and falling in. And, you know, we had nothing. And, and that's obvious. You can tell it, you know. I'm sure they could tell by the way I was dressed. And, and uh, those that from time to time would have to bring me home or pick me up, they, they knew I didn't have anything, but that didn't matter to them. And nobody in my family was interested in coming. And yet, as an 11-year-old boy, they saw the hunger in me, and they loved me. And that between their love for me and the presence of God that I felt, it just kept me coming back. Yes, sir. Can you tell a story about you receiving the Holy Ghost? 
Yeah, it it was you know it took time because like I said I didn't I didn't really know anything. Now this this was in a small South Texas town of Savoy. It's about uh, ninety miles from Dallas. Um, it's in for anybody that might be listening that's familiar with Texas. It's it's close to Sherman and Denison, not far from the Oklahoma border. Um, in this in this small town, it was just a small little church. Uh, they were running about 15 people. Uh, pastor Jake Hutto was was the pastor there. Um, just recently attended his funeral. He lived uh, well into his 90s. Um, I didn't know until I got to his funeral, but he was actually a war hero. Fought at Normandy. Spent seven months hand-to-hand combat fighting across Europe. Um, just amazing stories, but he never talked about that. Um, but he was, he was an individual that just loved people. He and his wife loved people and it was obvious. And he took that little church, uh, like I said, they were running about 15 and, um, I started going, you know, I would go into the Sunday school class and I knew nothing. The Sunday school teacher would teach. I I didn't know what she was talking about. I had no uh, background, nothing to base any of it. I didn't know the Bible stories. I didn't know any of it. And so everything was brand new to me as she was teaching. But they were patient with me, and they just took time. And uh, I soon began to learn that I needed the Holy Ghost and that I needed to be baptized. And that was one thing that that uh, the pastor really, you know, he began to stress to me because I'd start going to the altar asking God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Couldn't seem to get the Holy Ghost. And, and so he said, well, you know, why don't you get baptized? So I said, well, that's fine. And I went and asked my dad. Well, again, my dad still at this point had never told me the story of my cousin. But when I went home and asked if I could be baptized, he just flat out said no. It was just no, it just wasn't going to happen. And so I said, okay. So I went back and told him at the church, dad's not going to let me be baptized. And so, you know, they just kept praying for me, kept working with me, and I kept going to the altar. And I was in the altar every service, and I prayed. And, you know, people talk about being the devil's advocate. I guess I was the devil's advocate because the Bible talks about the devil wearing out the saints of the Most High. So I think I wore out the saints of the Most High as they were trying to pray me through to the Holy Ghost. For the first thing, I, I had no idea what I was really even seeking for. And And so there was a lot I didn't understand. And I just knew I wanted whatever it was they were talking about. I wanted it. And so I would go to the altar and pray. And I heard them talk about speaking in tongues. I didn't know what that meant. Um, I had no idea. And, And nobody really took the time to explain to me that tongues is just an old English word for languages. I didn't know. I just I had no idea what any of this meant as they discussed it. Um, and so I, I would get down there and I'd just get to pray and I'd feel something, you know, and, and, and I, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to yield to it, wouldn't know how to give in to it. And I just, I'd go down and pray and pray and pray. And, and like I said, he, the pastor finally decided, well, you need to be baptized. Um, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the holdback. And, um, dad said no. And so, I kept going to the altar, and I still couldn't pray through. And, and this went on again for probably a number of months. And 
uh, Pastor Hutto came back to me again. He said, he said, you really need to be baptized in Jesus name. And, and I said, well, that's, you know, that's fine. And I want to be, but my dad said, no. And I, I don't know if he'll agree to it or not, but I'll, I'll ask again. So I went home and I thought, you know, I'll do something a little different this time. Um, I went and caught mom when she was by herself and I asked her and she said, Oh, I don't care. And I thought, well, that's wonderful. She said, but you'll have to ask your dad. And I said, well, there goes that. So, so I said, well, would you ask him? And she, so she called dad in there and, and she started talking to him and he looked at me and he said, he said, son, is this, is this really what you want? And I said, yes, dad, it really is. I want it. I want it more than anything. And, uh, I remember being so passionate about it. I, I wanted it so desperately. I wanted it. And so he looked at me and he said, well, I tell you what, he said, um, I'm going to call that preacher. And he said, if that preacher can show me in the Bible where you have to be baptized in Jesus' name to be saved, then I'll let you. But if he can't show me in the Bible, then the answer is no. And I said, oh, Dad, call him. Because I'd heard Brother Hutto preach on it. I knew it was in the Bible. You know, I didn't know where to show him. I didn't know enough about the Bible to find it myself. But... Um, but I knew that if he would give Brother Hutto the chance, that's all we needed. So they called Brother Hutto and set up a time. And uh, my grandmother was living with us at the time. She was 77. So it was my grandmother, my mom and dad, and my two brothers and myself. I'm the middle of, of three boys. And um, I still remember vividly that afternoon when Brother Hutto came in with his Bible and the family sitting around the table, the dining room table. And somehow, um, mom and dad had found Bibles for everybody. And I didn't even know we had Bibles in the house. I mean, I, I knew of one Bible mom and dad had, um, but I didn't know there were any other Bibles in the home anywhere. And so they had Bibles, we had Bibles all around the table. And Brother Hutto started out, and he just started going through the scriptures. And he went scripture after scripture after scripture. And when he got done, my dad looked at me, and, and he said, I can't argue with it. It's there. And he said, if this is what you want, then I, I'm, I'm going to let you do it. And so we set up for me to be baptized that following Wednesday night. And so my whole family came. It was the first time for them to come to church. And so they all came. My grandmother came. All of them came to see me baptized that night. So it was, it was not long after that. It was a matter probably of a few weeks after that that uh, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I, I remember, again, I, you know, I would be at the altar praying. I'd go every service. And I remember one Sunday morning getting really, really close to receiving it. I felt it really strong and I just I, I don't know I, something happened in my mind I I remember as I was walking out 
of the church, I told someone, I said, I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. It's going to happen tonight. And I just, I had a faith. I just believed it was. And I was 12 years old by this point. I came that Sunday night, and I remember, again, praying and praying and praying and praying. And, and I mean, this went on for quite a while. And I remember just feeling it so strong. And what happened is Brother Hutto, I was praying with everything I had. And I remember Brother Hutto stepping to the pulpit. And he, he said, church, if you believe that this boy's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight, I want you to stand. And Brother Hilton, that is the last thing that I remember. I'm telling you, at that moment, something phenomenal took place. And I literally was out. I don't even know what exactly was going on at that moment. I mean, I was lost in the spirit. I, I have no recollection of anything until I don't know how many minutes later. Now, I remember when he said that, I was standing at the altar facing the pulpit. The next memory that I have, I was sitting on the altar facing the congregation. And so I don't know what happened in between the two, but I remember sitting there smiling from ear to ear, just this overwhelming joy and happiness that I felt. And I knew, you know, in that moment, I didn't hear myself speak in tongues. I didn't hear anything. I was totally lost in the spirit, literally. And and I had, I didn't hear anything, but... I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt what had happened to me that night. And so I received it. And, you know, of course, as soon as I got home, I started telling everybody, and they weren't as excited about it as I was. But it definitely started a revival. My younger brother came with me not long after that, received the Holy Ghost. And uh, God was doing things in my family. My my grandmother was in very bad health, actually should have died, and God raised her up. Um, my mom recognized it as a miracle from God, and mom and dad came to church one Wednesday night. I'll never forget, you know, again, you find out things later. We I didn't know this before service, but Mom had gone in before church started. She'd gone back to her bedroom, and she knelt down beside the bed. She'd been raised Catholic. My dad had been raised a Baptist. So all this was new to my mom, too. And she knelt down beside the bed, and she just said, God, if this that my son has gotten is really real, I want you to show me something tonight and, and prove it to me. I want you to settle this in my mind. And so they'd gotten into the service in that little church. The pews were just uh, wood slat pews. There was no padding. My dad had had, I think, three back surgeries. He was so uncomfortable. And, and he was sitting there, hadn't been there very long, and told my mom that he said, I, I've got to leave. I'm hurting too bad. And she didn't want to leave because she'd prayed a prayer. And she's waiting on God to do something. And so she leaned up to a man in front of her and tapped him on the shoulder and said, sir, would you all pray for my husband? He's in a lot of pain right now. 
Well, that man was Brother Bobby Stovall. I talked about when Brother Goff interviewed me, Brother Stovall was a man that, this would be years later, he was actually raised from the dead. Brother Stovall was a young preacher in the church in Savoy at the time. And my mom, you know, it was just, he was just another man there, but she had tapped him on the shoulder and said, would, would you guys pray for my husband? And, and Brother Stovall turned around and didn't even give my dad time to think about it, grabbed him. Brother Stovall was probably 6'3 or 6'4. He had huge hands. His feet, he, he wore a 15 and a half triple A shoe. I mean, this was one, he was a giant of a man. And my dad built like me, you know, I'm 5'8". And so Brother Stovall turned around and wrapped that big hand around my dad's hand and pulled him up out of the pew and led him down to the front. And, and he and Brother Hutto laid hands on my dad and my dad fell in the floor in the very spot where my cousin had been. And my dad was talking in tongues. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And um, for my mom, she said, as hard as this man has fought it, if you could fill him, that's all the sign I need. This is right. And, uh, and so it wasn't that night, but she ended up receiving the Holy Ghost. God saved my grandmother. God saved my, my, my older brother. Uh, just revival broke out in my family, and and it was a an amazing thing that that happened there. So, I know it wasn't too long after you received the Holy Ghost and your family came into the church that you began to feel God working on you in terms of getting involved with the ministry. Do you mind relaying that story? No, and and it's it's really an amazing thing. Honestly, when I look back on it, I'm thinking now as a pastor. If I had a boy in my church that came to me with the same story that I had, now, I mean, if I had not had that experience myself, I'd have a hard time buying into it unless God just really spoke to me. But, but this is a fact because here I was a 12-year-old boy with no knowledge of God and the Bible other than what little bit I'd picked up in the probably nearly a year that I had been attending the church there in Savoy at this point, um, you know, coming just just as a young boy trying to learn. And then I received the Holy Ghost, and then God ends up bringing my family into the church just within a few months after that, and and that very summer. So I received the Holy Ghost. It was February of 1972. In June, um, so we're talking four months after I received the Holy Ghost. I'm 12 years old, a brand new convert, fresh out of the world, not somebody raised in the church, not a 12-year-old raised in the church, but a 12-year-old who comes to God knowing nothing. And in June, we went to youth camp. And the preacher preached. It was a, it was a day service at that camp. And he preached a message about consecration and giving your life to God and letting God use you, putting yourself into God's hands, being available for God's service. And I remember standing around the front 
and praying. And again, my my knowledge of God and the things of God so limited, so very, very limited. But I remember praying in earnest and just saying, God, I want you to know I am willing to do anything. I'll do anything you want me to do. And I'm willing to to go anywhere. I, I'm willing to preach if you want me to preach. And it was like every time that I would say that, I would just feel this overwhelming presence of God. And I thought, what is that? <laughs> and so then I'd start going through this list of things again that I was willing to do, you know. I, God, I'm, I'm willing to, to, to try to reach others. I'm willing to, you know, to, to fast. I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to, and I'd come back and say, and, and, and if you want me to preach, God, I'd, I, you know, I'm willing to, and I would just feel this overwhelming presence of God again. And I'm saying, this can't be what I think it is. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't put it together in my mind. And I, I didn't know how to deal with it because it happened to me several times as I was praying. And I didn't even know who to talk to. My parents are brand new converts. I knew they wouldn't really understand either. I thought it was just stupid for a 12-year-old to even have these kinds of thoughts. And so I finally, I think I confided in my younger brother and and I, I said something to him about it and, and uh, just because I felt like I had to talk to somebody and I didn't know who to talk to. And, and I, eventually I did go talk to my mom and dad and, and they said, well, you know, you really ought to talk to the pastor about it. And I said, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I, I just didn't want to. I, I just, I really thought that he would just, you know, kind of give me that look like, well, you poor little boy, you know, you, you'll grow up someday. And um, we finally, it, it got to where it was bothering me so much that uh, they called Brother Hutto and they said, could we come by and, and, and talk to you? And he said, well, sure. And so we went and I went into his house and I could not make myself tell him. I, I just couldn't. I could not bring myself to say to him what I was wanting to say. And and he said, well, what, what is it you're, you're wanting to talk to me about? And, and I couldn't tell him. And he said, is it, is it something you're feeling? And I said, well, yes, sir. And and well, what is it you're feeling? And I, I just, I could not force the words out. And finally he said, well, let me ask you this. Does it have anything to do with you doing a work for God? And I said, yes, sir. He said, you don't have to be worried about that. God has already told me that. And, and so when he said that, it was like, okay, this is not stupid, you know? And so then I could open up and discuss with him what I felt. And, and he confirmed that he had already felt it, that God had already talked to him. And I found out then once, once that was confirmed by Brother Hutto, 
Brother Stovall, who was uh, the youth leader in that church at the time, he came to me and he said, uh, he called me by name and he said, he said, I was in prayer and God gave me a vision and I saw you behind the pulpit. And, and so, you know, th there were two confirmations that came even though I was 12 years old and brand new in the church, but two confirmations, one from my pastor, one from my youth leader, that this was not stupid and this wasn't just the childhood fancy, but it really was the hand of God. And I can tell you too, you know, at some point, I'm, I imagine we'll talk about the fact that we ended up moving to Dallas and, and attending Elder Davis's church. And, and when I went there, I didn't say anything to Elder Davis about having a call to preach. I didn't say anything to anybody. But I can remember times when, like if the choir was singing and I, I was involved with the choir and uh, they might have me do a recitation or something with the choir. And I can remember coming down out of the choir loft and people in the church stopping me and saying, you know, I can't call you to preach, but I, I feel like you've got a call on your life, you know, and, and just all of these confirmations that were coming, and I'd never said anything to anybody in in Dallas about that, uh, but the confirmations just continued to come, and, and Elder Davis never really talked to me about it until the day that he asked me to preach. So, you know, then that, of course, confirmed to me again, that, you know, that he felt it as well. Thank you, Pastor, for your candor in sharing those personal stories. One of the things that I would like to point out in conclusion is the passion that was evident in Pastor's response when he was asked if baptism in Jesus' name is what he really wanted to do. His response exhibits a young man's desire to please God, to have a closer relationship with God. If this is the thing that God requires of me, then I'm not only willing, but I really want to do it. If you have that same desire, I want to invite you to contact us at info at We'll be happy to set up an in-person or online Bible study to show you from Scripture why baptism in Jesus' name is so important. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week. Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.